All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Going well so far. Yeah. Good short week. We're going into Thursday. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Hey? Yep. Post hump day. I think I'm getting my second cold since Christmas. I kind of felt that way yesterday. Like my throat was getting dry and my sugars are going higher than they should be, which is a sign of like you fighting an infection. Oh, okay. But I'm just convinced that it's like heart disease or something. <laughs> Here's hoping. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Don't need one of those pesky colds. So I almost hesitate to bring this up again just because we've talked about it ad nauseum in the last several weeks. Is it Oscar host? Well, no. Okay. There's no Oscar host. Can oh. you imagine if now they're <laughs> four days out, they were like, you know what? Let's get, uh, <laughs> let's, get, let's get Jim Carrey to do it. Whoa. That'd be awesome. Let's get Tom Hanks to do it. Let's get Alicia Keys to do it. She Ooh. was good at the Grammys. Do you think so? I thought so. I didn't watch that much. I think we talked about that though. And yeah, I saw her doing the double piano thing. It's like, holy shit. She's a good piano player. Well, that's the thing about Alicia Keys is you know what you're going to get. You don't her expect last her name to do actually Keys. Wouldn't that be wild? <laughs> it's not actually. Keys. It can't be. Maybe that's why she became a piano player. We had, maybe it is. <laughs> What's your dentist's name? Crentist. Crentist. <laughs> Crentist the dentist. That scene in the office is actually, I don't think I had seen that before, but the way they're both acting. It's gold. Is so funny. It's so gold. Michael and Dwight both. <laughs> Super suspicious that each other, like Michael thinking that he's trying to dupe him out of his job. and I actually, I, I said to you earlier that I think Melora Hardin should have gotten uh, an Emmy for her guest appearances as Jan. Yeah. I actually think even more so, it's it's really crazy that, that uh, Rain Wilson never got nominated as, no, as uh, Dwight. Because that character is so fully realized. Yeah. He's so specific and he's so unique. I find it so funny to think about like there are things that happen and I'm like, oh, Dwight. Sometimes I confuse him with Nick Offerman a little bit in um, Parks and Rec. Interesting. Just how I'm like, oh, okay. But then he'll be using like a Palm Pilot and. You mean you like know. they're both like really rigid and kind of live in their own world? Yes, yeah. exactly. But but Dwight's a little more forgiving on some things. Like he's a little more uh, in the now as far as you know, the internet and I guess, but I would argue that, well, certainly like Dwight is a nerd. Yeah. Like like he, he likes like dragons and stuff. Yeah. But I I would argue that, that, uh, Ron Swanson has a bigger heart. Well, he stays more current too. Like he, he knows the Harry Potter, but that also lends itself to being, um, a nerd. Yeah. No, I don't think they would like each other. The characters wouldn't like each other. They would clash for sure. He's so, so good. He, and I, it's such a, a unique and bizarre little creation that he seems to not understand the difference between uh, boss subordinate and like king and servant. <laughs> right. Like He seems to think that they have to worship at the hand of yeah. Michael Scott. And yeah. that's why he wants that manager's role so badly. Yes. That's such a weird creation. Yeah. The, the episode, the Survivor Man episode, where he sprints behind from behind a tree when he starts eating <laughs> eating the now, mushrooms. Now, Michael, <laughs> yeah, these are nature's uh, these are nature's little uh, snacks. Yeah, yeah. Good show. Oh man, and he cuts his he cuts the pants off to be shorts, and then <laughs> tapes them back on. Man, I am just killing myself with with this uh, rewatching of The Office. There's so much I didn't know that I hadn't seen. There's a clip that went around last week of uh, the guy who plays Stanley breaking character on purpose just to get people to laugh. Oh, yeah. And so, like, Stanley is so monotone. Like, that's the whole point of his character is that yeah. he never emotes at all. Right. But uh, Michael comes out of his office and he shouts across the office to Stanley and the guy who plays Stanley goes, oh! <laughs> and just everyone dies, <laughs> including, uh. Uh, including Steve Carell, who apparently is, like, famously hard to break really like that's one of his great skills is yeah. that he always stays solid in yeah. his character and he just like collapses and krasinski can't show his face like they're no. all just roaring the bloopers from the dinner party are hilarious with the flat screen yeah because that's one thing that like steve carell could not stop laughing at the idea that and there are smirks from krasinski that don't get get edited out like no. he's struggling yeah he i finally so broke funny. down and got myself a, pl- a plasma. A plasma TV. $200. Uh. <laughs> and it goes, tucks right into the wall. and goes oh. back like a half an inch. It's such a... It's, the, the other thing we were talking about, last time we watched that episode, we talked about how there's this weird little subplot where 
uh, Michael has apparently told Jan that he used to date Pam. Yes. And like that's, it only comes up in one episode. Yeah. That's not okay. No. And uh, yeah, he says that. And then there, the whole idea of Jan trying to poison Pam. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't she poison me? Michael's former lover. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny <laughs> that she's going along with it. Uh, okay so i was gonna mention the oscars only because they're coming up in a few days and we've talked about the oscars more than we've ever talked about an award show on this podcast i meant to look at the odds again too but you you do your thing and i'll see if i can find well i don't really have a whole lot to say except for that i filled out a ballot okay i've filled out 24 predictions your oscar votes these are my oscar votes the academy these aren't necessarily even what my bets are gonna be okay maybe they are a couple of my bets are not necessarily what i think is gonna happen they're what i want to root for and what i think will earn a couple of bucks um not that i'm like a big better i have the the betway sports app on my phone from last oh okay oscars all right i haven't opened it since um and i put 20 bucks on get out just for the just for the sport of it the thrill of it so i i do have roma as best picture i think it's kind of slipped into the being the betting favorite over green book okay um i saw roma Mm -hmm. i watched it it is uh, I'm sure by definition a very well-made movie. Right. Is that okay to say? You thought it was meh. Well, it's not that I thought it was meh. It, it was takes very... place in Mexico. It does. That is true. Okay. There, it, It's very beautifully shot. The cinematography is great. It definitely deserves that. Okay. The acting is good. It's fine that it's not in English. It's fine that it's not in color. Mm-hmm. So inclusive um, of you. Yeah, I know. I'm really, <laughs> I'm quite woke with my Roma opinions. That's right. Um, and there are a couple of moments that are like, whoa, that just happened. But ultimately, it was long, and I was mm. like, I was kind of through it, you know? Oh, my God. They called Mexico Roma. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've You're s- in Mexico. Maybe I'm kind of a pleb for not having put it together, but I'm not sure why it's called Roma. I don't know either. What is Roma the Spanish word for? I thought it was Rome. <laughs> well, I think it is, but I don't. it has nothing to do with Rome. There's no Italy in this movie. Is there something about, like, you know, Rome falls, does... The movie is about how men leave. That's that's 100% what the movie is about. It's okay. about how women got to look out for themselves because the men are going to fuck off. Gotcha. And it was fine. Maybe it's like an established home like Rome. Right. And then the home falls due to the husband leaving. Right. Therefore, it's like a almost like a Greek tragedy like and she gets are you going to watch it? Um I don't know. You yeah. go go for it. She uh, gets pregnant and then there's drama oh. there. That's not really a spoiler. Is it twins? It's not twinsies. Okay. No, thank God. Singlesies. And there is a scene involving the birth of her child which is really rough. Oh, it's a bloodbath? Yeah. <laughs> oh god, it's, no. It's rough. It's a rough one. Yikes. Best director is going to go to Alfonso Cuaron also. By the way, that's going to be a big pop cultural moment when Netflix wins Best Picture and Best Director. Yeah. Oh, good point. That hasn't happened yet. No, they only have two Academy Awards and they're both in documentary categories. Right. They have Emmys. They have a Grammy. And they have a... Do they have a Grammy? For Best Music Documentary, which was Quincy, which is on Netflix, I believe. And they won a Grammy for that. They won a Grammy for that. Interesting. That's the one that Rashida Jones won a Grammy for. Okay. It's going to be pretty tough for Netflix to win a Tony unless they do like Stranger Things, the stage musical. Oh, they're so close. Like, well, maybe not Stranger Things, but don't you think that like Lin-Manuel Miranda's next play, he's just going to give it to Netflix? Oh, that's interesting. They do a play on Netflix rather than on the stage. The stage awards are done on the greatest stage of all. Stage and screen (laughs) on television. Uh, that's interesting. You know, it's kind of weird that there that are... That was not a well-thought-out point on my part. Well, I'm, you know still not, I'm still not clear on how Netflix can win the Tony. But you seem to have because a lot it, of faith. It's a live show that is being filmed right? specifically for... Maybe it's best uh, theater release <laughs> to Netflix. It's a little bit weird that more uh broadway shows aren't taped and released like i know occasionally they've been put on like pbs or whatever mm-hmm. but there are people who would definitely watch jeff daniels in aaron sorkin's to kill a mockingbird yes 100 percent. i would watch that i watch the hell out of it i know they, they taped hamilton but that's like in a vault somewhere uh they, oh they taped it and it's now in a vault yeah it's like it was professionally shot hmm 
and then they're going to wait to release it or something. I feel like uh, that's a little unnecessary. Are they well, that think, worried about it being leaked? I, I think they're still. Um, I think they're still really protective of ticket sales. I think they're still just raking in dollars. Right. I don't know if it's if it's in the top three biggest box office plays of all time. Yeah. I know the other two are Fan of the Opera and The Lion King. Yeah. It's got to be reaching that. Did Lin Manuel do any sort of rappy style stuff in Mary Poppins? Yes. He did. There is a rap song. He, granted, he doesn't write any of the songs in that movie. Oh, he doesn't? No, no. Oh, I thought he did the music. No, he's just in the movie as an actor. Oh. And so there is one song that's clearly written to his voice. Right. And it's great. Nice. It's called The Cover Is Not The Book. And he has like a pretty fast talked song. The cover is not the book because the book is in the book and it's, the page is in the book. Essentially right. Pa. Yeah. Da, da, da. That's it. That's Was that the chorus? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was throwing a couple. You know the 20s. The scatting. <laughs> yeah. uh, best actor. I'm giving it to Rami Malek, and I don't want to. Boo, man. Go go with Dick Cheney. I want it to be Dick Cheney. I mean, I want it to be Bradley. Hashtag go with Dick. Go, yeah, that, yeah. Is that going to be the the new Oscar so white hashtag? Hashtag go with Dick. Hashtag go with Dick. Um, yeah, nobody's really standing christian bale like it's just kind of not really being talked about like bohemian rhapsody's gonna win best actor it might win goddamn best picture and then people will bitch about it yeah. but here's my hot take about bohemian rhapsody it sounds a little bit snobby and it sounds it, you might disagree but the reason bohemian rhapsody is doing so well the reason people like if you if you notice any kind of through line in the kind of people who love bohemian rhapsody oh are you gonna say one of your famous lines can i guess what you're gonna say please are you gonna say it's lowest common denominator no, is that one of my lines? Uh, you've said that a few times. You know, it's just lowest common denominator. Yeah, I guess. Uh, maybe not on the podcast. In not so many words, that's kind of how I feel. Okay. But like, you know how I've often talked about how uh, classic rock music fans are the worst music fans? Because not only do they not like any other music, mm -hmm. they refuse to acknowledge that other music exists. Right. And this is kind of the kind of people who are chasing after this movie who should win best picture obviously bohemian bohemian rhapsody because it celebrates how i felt when i was 19 and the world was my oyster right and so although at the same time it's it's diving pretty deep into homosexuality and you wouldn't necessarily think that those people although there people are talking about it being straight washed which yeah. i don't really agree with i don't really agree even, with either even uh Jill today when she was cutting my hair was saying she thought it was too straight washed and I was like I don't know like but I, I I did she elaborated and she said I just don't understand why his most important relationship had to be with a woman and I was like you know what that's kind of true I think it was the truth that it is true but they only gave like five minutes to the guy that he spent the rest of his life with at the well I think the they just yeah but I don't think he knew him at Live Aid like this is an right. example of them rearranging the story to include as much as possible which is another reason it shouldn't win best picture the guy wasn't a uh he wasn't a waiter he was something else I he was like he a was. gardener slash yeah like, and he know. didn't he was certainly was not like in the wings at live aid watching at beloved already afflicted freddie mercury yeah before they had their great love affair but was her name mary something yes um she's from sing street she's a good actor yeah she uh it's crazy. He, she got half of his estate. Yes, which is wild. To and me. she booted him, the the boyfriend, her boyfriend. No, his boyfriend. Oh yeah, that he ends uh. up with. Yeah. So she just like lives a quiet life in like Ireland or something. Now mm -hmm. she got all like half of Freddie Mercury's estate, yeah. and because of that, stands to make like fifty million dollars from this movie. Wow. Do you think she's like the crazy drunk at the bar who's like, I knew Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> he loved me. I was his wife. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Jesus. Do you look at the audio over here? <laughs> no, not at you all. See what you just did. Yeah, I broke the system. They weren't married. She wasn't his wife. They were engaged to be. It married. was a sham. It was a sham. He's gonna win. A marriage. Uh, Mahershal Ali is gonna win Best Supporting Actor, and I actually, I, I really, I would rather anyone else in the category win than Mahershala. And it's nothing against him because I love him. I think he's great. Mm. But I, I want Sam Elliott. I want Richard E. Grant. I want Adam Driver eventually, maybe not for this movie. I guess I don't want Sam Rockwell, but it's just kind of a, it's a cheap category. It's a cheap category. Can you imagine talking to any, having any of the actors in the room <laughs> be like, hey, it's a cheap category. Yeah, that's a cheap category. Admit it. 
Well, they tried to say that four categories were cheaper than all the rest. Uh, they sure did. And they have been reinstated. And they went back on it. They did. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And didn't I say last week, by next year, they'll be back? God, the Oscars are kind of the worst. Yeah. They, well, this year they are. They listen to everyone on everything. Like, <laughs> uh, just like pick a pick a lane and stay in it. Yeah, you're right. They don't stick to their guns. No, not at all. Kevin Hart it is. I mean, not Kevin Hart, obviously. We're going to take these categories away. I mean, we're not going to do that. We're going to do an Oscar for most popular movie. I mean, you guys don't like the things we're trying to do. Well, so. they rescinded the best pop popular movie category, but kind of hinted that they would rework it and then bring it back next year. So we might have to deal with that again in eight months mm. where they're like, we are going to do it after all. We might have to deal with it. <laughs> I don't want that to be something I'm going to have to deal with. Do you think Star Wars Episode Nine is going to win an Oscar next year? A la Return of the King. Ooh. And Return of the Jedi? Did, did Return no. of the Jedi win? The only Star Wars movie that's ever been nominated for Best Picture is A New Hope. Okay. Didn't win. Didn't win. Um, sure. Yeah, probably will. Not win, but it, I think J.J. Abrams is going to do nominated. such a good job on that movie. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. They're teasing now on Disney Plus, the streaming service. Yeah. They might, in fact, do this Obi-Wan uh, Ewan McGregor series. Okay. Instead of a movie, do like an eight-part miniseries on Disney Plus when it launches Ooh, next year. That would be cool. But we've been down this road before with, with what they're going to do with Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan in that interim between episodes three and four. There have been some rumored films. I'm pretty sure there's been stuff slated that just wasn't quite confirmed. Yeah. Then it got wiped off the table. They're coming towards the end of the Skywalker series yep. after episode nine. Then they have you know some Ryan Johnson movies. The Game of Thrones guys are making some Star Wars movies. There's mm -hmm. so much Star Wars in the offing. Yeah. Star Wars is so popular. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. All right. Hey, speaking of Lord of the Rings, uh, we're starting to get a little bit of detail on their Amazon show. Right. Remember that? This I'm excited about. Me too. It's going to be like a billion dollar show. I'm reading Lord of the Rings for the first time in my life. Right. You were telling me. So I'm like... How are you liking Fellowship of the Ring? I'm like halfway through it. Mm -hmm. The first hundred pages were a blast. Oh, really? The next hundred pages have been a slog. So the first hundred pages, they're kind of going, you're in the Shire, you're talking with Gandalf. Yeah, so you're... like a Bilbo's birthday party, yep. the whole backstory of The Ring, the whole backstory of Smeagol, yep. um, yes, setting out on the journey. Mm -hmm. And then there's like 80 pages about this guy named Tom Bombadil, yeah. who like puts them up for a long time before they've quite left the Shire. Okay. And they, they axed him from the movie because that's how... Like unnecessary <laughs> he is, but it's eighty pages oh my in the God. book, and it's and he sings a lot, and it's a slog, and it's starting to pick up the pace again. So I'm getting back into it, but he's but, like Bombadilla, Bombadilla, I'm Bombadilla. Yeah, he puts wow. his name in all of his songs. <laughs> That's the title. He's of always song. singing about himself. Anyway, Lord of the Rings is lovely. Not a hot take. <laughs> and it's, he ran the Lord of the Rings Airbnb. That's right. You know what I, I read recently about, about Tolkien that I find interesting? He didn't publish Fellowship of the Ring until he was 62. No way. Yeah. There's he, still time. The Hobbit came like 20 years before that. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, he was an old man. You know, it was said that when he was 25, he was basically trying to write screenplays off memory from uh, like, I think he did Back to the Future. Ah, interesting. So maybe I will... A la Bradley Cooper and Clint Eastwood following his footsteps since yeah. he did it. <laughs> since Clint did it. Yeah. You need to speak about um, uh, Tolkien in his first name. What do you like? What's his? Uh, I don't know. It's just J.R. James. Like, like J.R. told me. <laughs> Junior. J.R. That's what Junior told me. And you know, there could be a hundred people in a room and none of them believe in you. <laughs> Wasn't well, that awesome that they referenced that in SNL? Yes. In the Family Feud sketch? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I... I I don't think they should have done Gaga twice in a row. I thought... I See, I missed the first Gaga because... It was better the first time. Yeah. Uh, I thought that Beck Bennett's Sam Elliott was amazing. It was good. It was, I thought the wig and the mustache were perfect. <laughs> I love how he said his his neck was broken. It won't stay upright. <laughs> Why? And uh, Why Kate, Kate McKinnon's... Um, uh, what's her name? Glenn... Anyway, she's going oh, Glenn picture. Close. Glenn Close. Oh, that yeah. was really good. I watched that movie too, The Wife. Yeah. Also not good. No. It's not that good. It it's even, silly that this movie is in contention. It didn't even take place in Mexico. No, it didn't. It took place in uh, Sweden. In, uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
And what the Helsinki? No, that's Finland. Fuck. <laughs> no, it's in Sweden. Is no, it? that's Stockholm. Ah. Helsinki is Finland. Did you feel like you had Stockholm syndrome watching it? I felt you a little... No, because then I would hostage. be enjoying it, even though it's bad. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe that's why people are enjoying Glenn Close. I felt like I was lost in Ikea. That's Sweden, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Nailed it. All right. <laughs> we nailed it. <laughs> in the Volvo. So they say this Lord of the Rings show is going to take place well before the time of Aragorn, son of Arathorn. Boo. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm disappointed because I would have loved to see a... Can you stop blasting the audio? <laughs> Sorry. The I don't know why. I, can... I had a coffee tonight. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Well, it's okay. It's good. Yeah. Um, and apparently they've been so secretive about the show that they are locking the writers in a room and in order to get into the writer's room you need to use your thumbprint on a plate when are they letting the writers out of this room when the show is done <laughs> when they've, when they've learned how to behave <laughs> they're in there for like eight months out with massive beards just and... transcribing like thousands of pages come out for your spray we'll spray you we're paying you millions <laughs> we'll Just, delouse you yeah come out when you look like gandalf the white uh friends from college remember that show we talked yeah. about it? had its second season it really second season just came out yeah and it got canceled the other day oh did it this did you watch it uh no I, I watched the first one didn't like it tried to watch it again because it's full of people i like and it's just nobody is likable in this show right it's kind of miserable but people say if you hold on to it it gets better mm-hmm. interesting when netflix cancels stuff it almost always seems to be right after the season comes out they like look at the numbers they look at the urgency of viewers yeah and they know right away whether or not they're going to keep up with it yeah yeah i mean you're right i i did hear people saying and it, it seemed like such a good cast yeah i heard people saying hang on to it it gets so much better you're really gonna like it yeah but obviously netflix i like everyone what it. it was yeah that's right. Oh, well. All of them are made of money. Mm-hmm. Also, The Punisher and Jessica Jones got canceled, which has people angry. It's right. not Netflix's fault. They're going to do... They Maybe they'll move to Disney Plus. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't super passionate. Jen wanted to watch the second season of The Punisher. Yeah. This moves me even further away from wanting to watch it. Well... Because it's like, what's the point? I, well, exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it now. No. But particularly when like Luke Cage and Daredevil got canceled and like the last butchering of Netflix Marvel shows, yeah. people really faulted Netflix. People are very slow in learning that Netflix is rarely at fault when the thing they wanted to see gets taken off Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's re- like Netflix wants to have everything. Yeah. They want everything to be successful. Yeah. Although, what does that say about Fox wanting to get rid of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and NBC picking it up? Well... The, uh, I mean, I think it's cheaper for NBC to produce that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I the ratings were probably not that good. Maybe they had something better they thought they could. Did yeah. they? Did Fox bring back Last Man Standing, or did that happen? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think that's done. I think it was a rumor that they were going to bring back Last Man Standing in place of Brooklyn Nine Nine. That would not be a smart move. I listened to the whole goddamn Chelsea Peretti on Armchair Expert, just hoping she might say Halifax. Oh, she was really? here last year and yeah. she didn't say it. She didn't say it. Made me angry because I don't like that podcast. How was she on it? She was good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have not heard it, but it's funny because Linda at work listens to it and she was asking me, she was like, Matt, do you find he's obsessed with himself? Himself, eh? Yeah. Uh, but obsessed with how well men uh, did when they were in like their 20s? Yeah. Like. Yeah. He says a whole monologue in this week's podcast about how people mistake him for the jock who would like beat up on dweebier people. And yeah. that's why they feel averse to him when they met him. Basically like a classic uh, type A male, uh, like animal right. he versus he situation. And I think he's kind of concocted that, but also I think he is exactly that, whether he likes to admit it or not. He just talks about like cars and masculinity and wanting to fight all the time. Right. Well, he's like, I fought the part of me that wanted to fight all the time because that's not right. He talks about recovery all the time, which I guess is a big thing. I get it. Maybe mm-hmm. I can't understand. But he's kind of a one-note guy, and he has hundreds of hours of podcasting now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't listened to it in a while. I kind of want to get back into it because I've, well, I've missed some good guests. They get good guests because they're very famous. Yes. But there's this narrative out there now that he has like revolutionized podcasting, and that couldn't be further from the truth. 
He is no. taking a, like a really old format now and just moving it mainstream up towards soccer moms who like Kristen Bell. And there's also a whole narrative about him and Kristen Bell. Like he's almost on like a Will Smith tip. Kind of. I mean, I'm a little suspicious of their relationship with this Monica Padman, but that's as far as I'll say. Uh, okay. I just find it weird. They yeah. seem a little too close. Sure. Um, but I kind of appreciate his honesty about how like marriage and relationships are hard because mm-hmm. very few people talk about that. That's true. I do kind of appreciate that he's like he, he's open about the fact that they fight or like that they have doubts or whatever. Well, and when they were big taboos, when are, they were both on, they were basically like in an argument. It was the first ever episode of the podcast. Yeah. And they were fighting, they were fighting which it. was good radio, but it kind of slid down after that. Yeah. But every time there's a new episode up, the comment section on Facebook or Instagram or whatever is people are just like, I need more of this show. Oh, really? And I want to be like, you need to discover more podcasts. Yeah. I don't know. It's the whitest thing I've ever said. He, he, you need to discover more podcasts. <laughs> There's more podcasts out there, I promise. <laughs> That's the next show that we do. That's right. There's more podcasts. <laughs> Where we do just reviews of other podcasts. Yeah. That's kind of a funny idea. Is that not, has no one done that I'm yet? I'm sure it exists. Probably. Like an Ebert and, and Siskel kind of situation. We move from the show show into the pod pod. <laughs> the pod pod. <laughs> I often thought that like, you know how sometimes podcasts get books? Yeah. If we had a book, I don't know what that book would be. But if we had a book, it would would it be called the show show book, the show book, or the book book? <laughs> I think the book book. But but, it, but it's not. But it's based, really the show show book. based on the popular show show. Right. The show show's book book. Yeah. It's almost like a bookie wook tip. Right. You know they were gonna make the a show movie out of book. Russell Brand's bookie wook. They were gonna make a biopic and who's gonna play himself? He was gonna play like private parts style. Yes. That's the only one that has done that successfully, right? Yes, I think so. I mean, how many people have done it at all? Yeah, I think just that one. Yeah. I think they should do it. I think it might be too late now. He's like 50. He's not really an actor anymore. Do you listen to his podcast at all? No, it gets really in the weeds. Yeah. He, I've been waiting for him to have Jim, Jim Carrey on because he said he's going to. Oh, really? And that would be a listen. That would be That would be a lot of energy. Has he been on Comedians and Cars? Who Jim Carrey? No, um, Russell Brand. Russell Brand. I don't. I wouldn't hold your breath for that one. No, no. I feel he could do it. He's just so far away from acting right now. Yeah, I don't think he's in the spotlight in any kind of conventional Jerry Seinfeld way. No, you're right. Uh, Nickel Nickelodeon uh, is reviving all that. All that is coming back. No way. Guess who's going to be executive producer? Keenan? Yeah, Keenan Thompson. Nice. And Kel Mitchell's coming back too. I don't know what in, in what capacity he's coming back. Yeah. But they're both coming back to work on all that, which is so cool. That is cool. I really appreciate that Keenan, there was a time not that long ago where I would have said Keenan is staying on SNL because he's not going to be famous after SNL. And I think he waited long enough and now he's going to be fine. Yeah. Now he could be like a, a big deal producer. He's got an Emmy. He's going to get another one whenever his last season of SNL is, which might be imminent. Mm-hmm. He's got a new sitcom coming out produced by Lauren Michaels. Oh, that's And he's going to be a producer of all that. He's getting some things working. Yeah. I like that. Um, is Jamie Spears going to be in it? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't a cast member, right? She was a, like a guest host. No, I think she was like a cast member. Of all that. Of all that. I remember that happening. Yeah. What was the format of all that? There was a musical guest, right? But there wasn't always a, a guest host, a celebrity guest host. No, I don't think so. I think it was more just a skit show. There was 100% a musical guest, cast. though. Yeah? Yes. And it was always like a Disney artist? No, I think it was like like the radio type people of the <laughs> Remember era. when all that had Nirvana? And just <laughs> tore the set apart at the end. Do you remember when uh, Eric Clapton did Tears in Heaven yes, on all that? Oh, God. <laughs> and when Rudy Giuliani was on... <laughs> <laughs> asking if we could be funny again. That's right. Oh, God. Yeah. Why start now? Yeah, exactly. A wise man once said, why start now? That's the best thing you could have said. Oh, yeah. It's among the funniest things I've heard that, you say in a long time. Oh, the funniest thing I said? Yeah. I thought you meant what Rudy Giuliani said. No. I was like, well, someone wrote that for him. Oh, know? no, yeah. It was yeah. It's a shame, isn't it, that Rudy Giuliani like was almost like this great New York He was so close. folk hero, and yeah. he just flushed it down the toilet. You're right. You're right. He he like he would have died a hero at yeah. that point. Oh, he would have been so fondly remembered forever. Yeah. Makes you wonder what would have happened if like and I know JFK didn't age 
uh, extremely well in the sense that he had like a, a multitude of affairs. But as a president, he's kind of seen as a his image is pretty, still pretty pretty shiny, pretty squeaky clean. Yeah, we were talking about John Lennon last week about how he would be a pain in the ass yeah. if he was still alive. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. People just oversee the shit he did too. There's a lot of that, and now we're—I told you this earlier—we're canceling people who've been dead forty years. Yeah, a la John, John Wayne. Wayne. Canceled. So this like print interview turns up of John Wayne in like the '60s or something, and John Wayne says a bunch of racist and sexist stuff in it. Yeah, and people are so mad at John Wayne, who's been dead since 1979. Yeah, yeah, it has. The, a line has to be drawn somewhere. Can you still still separate the art from the artist? <laughs> can you still watch the original True Grit? Right, without no. Nah. No, I don't know if we can. And Michael Jackson's the other one. This documentary's going to come out, Leaving Neverland. Wait, you're saying that I'm going to feel differently about Michael Jackson? It might. Could happen. What did he do? <laughs> oh, <laughs> would that we had more time. Oh, uh, yeah, fair. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to play Satan in Good Omens, and that's almost too good. It's almost like, ugh. You know what I mean? It's true. Every other casting announcement for that show has been kind of exciting. And this one is like, could you not have thought of anything more obvious than Benedict Cumberbatch as Satan? Yeah. Give me like Michael Fassbender or something. Someone who I'd get lost a little bit watching. But yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch at this point, you just know so hard that he's Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, that and I know he's got a deep voice. And I know he can play menacing characters. He's played some like major villains and stuff. Yeah. He's a good actor. He's got gravitas, but like. I just find that like that's that was somebody's first idea, and they're like, "Yeah, eh, we'll give him a call," and then he answered. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And they were like, "Oh, we, maybe we should have brainstormed a little bit longer." I can't turn down the Cumberbatch. Yeah, that show's coming pretty soon. I'm so excited for that show. Yeah, really, really excited. Yeah, you. We had a, a, briefly talked about doing Good Omens book club leading up to the show. We're not going to do that. Well. Let's not count it out. You want to borrow my copy? You can get a head start. Oh, really? Yep. God, I'm behind. I've I've really fucked off on the whole book thing since I started the whole guitar thing. That's okay. You're still exercising another creative part I, of yourself. I'm trying to uh, exercise my my growth mindset. That's right. What what are you guitaring right now? Um, you know what? I'm kind of getting into some of the Led Zeppelin licks. Good lord. And even a Greta Van Fleet lick because it's it's. It sounds complicated, but yep. it's really all in the same box. Right. You know, you're not sliding all up and down the guitar. Mm-hmm. You um, really are, are are set on being like a picker though, right? You yeah. Wanna, you want to be like a lead guitar player. Well, here's the thing. I think if you can do that, you can do anything on guitar. It is true, but I have always been a rhythm guitar player. Really? Yeah. And I can finger pick chords. Yeah. I play chords. I don't really play notes. No? No. You just... But you pick all of the chords yeah, at the same time. Usually, kind of thing, but yeah. I'm just a cowboy, brother. <laughs> You're the artiste. No, I'm really, really not. And I'm not fast at all. I'm just trying to kind of get there. You are right. You're learning the harder thing, which will make you more proficient long term. Yeah. And I'm trying to understand the theory behind it and kind of link together things that I need to know. Any part of you want to take actual lessons? Not really. No? No. No. I think I, I think what I can get online, there's so much out there. Mm. That to, I would be frustrated just going once a week to a teacher and him telling me to practice something that I might not want to practice. Yeah. And there was a little bit of that. This way I can at least focus on what I want to focus on and it might, I'll, I'll probably circle back to those things after being like, right. oh yeah, that is useful. My guy just do it on my own time. had a good method of like, you'd, he'd ask you to burn him a CD and then you'd bring the CD into class and he would go through it and tell you whether or not we could learn the songs. Be like, oh, we can't really do that one. Right. You're not really there yet. But like, and then like occasionally you'd get to a song that he like doesn't know. I can't think of an example right now, but like you get to a song that he doesn't know and he'd be like, let's learn this motherfucker. <laughs> he'd be like, this one's cool. He was cool. He was a great teacher. I had a good experience, but I wonder. I'm picturing him as like Otto from the Simpsons, the bus driver. Like he. Zeppelin rules. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was like a dad. Okay. But he was like. He also kind of looked like Getty Lee, but he, okay. had, but he had short hair. He was kind of small stature, really lovely, awesome guy. His name is Steve Dempster. I would recommend him if he's still teaching. Nice. But I would wonder if uh, I would wonder if YouTube is killing some of his business or like many musical teachers' business. I wonder that too. But or is it maybe just you know would the people that are on YouTube have necessarily gone to get lessons? Because I don't think I ever would have 
Maybe. gone to get lessons regardless i think lessons are, are pretty strictly for uh kids yeah and <laughs> well and, that would also be weird and like middle age and older men who have always wanted to know how to play guitar right and they're like finally biting the bullet and so they get lessons yeah but probably our age and through like 45 plus yeah. 45 and down i guess we're probably the youtube people i'm feeling like it's such a dad thing for me to do to be learning like it electric is. guitar it is a little bit yeah that's okay. Also, I'm a dad. Yikes. I'm just joking. <laughs> Bombshell. But that's how I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huge conversation about electric guitar <laughs> followed with, also, I'm a dad. You've been steering the conversation this way. <laughs> I've been trying to get us down this road for so long. Mazel tov. Congratulations, Thanks. buddy. Jen's nine months along. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. Oh, wait. So she's, are you a dad yet? Or no, you... she's nine months a lot. Like she's oh, right, right about okay. to pop. All right, but I got really drunk with her at the Christmas party, which was only two months ago. Hmm? Huh? Huh? She was drunk. Oh my god! <laughs> I think she was just uh, excited about the baby. <laughs> she was celebrating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't count you on Christmas. Can't blame her. <laughs> You're right. I don't blame her. No judgment here. It made her so fun that night. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts three. Mm-hmm. Did you see two? Not yet. It was bad. It was straight up bad. You couldn't enjoy it at all. It was tough. There were a couple of good scenes. Jude mm-hmm. Law was good, but he wasn't in it enough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very good. Hey, Jude. It was sloppy. Okay. Hey, hey Jude. <laughs> <laughs> Let me lay down the law for you. <laughs> uh, hey, the other, Jude, the law man. <laughs> do you think when people started calling Jennifer Lawrence J-Law, he was kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, where was I on I'm way time? more of a J-Law than she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder about that. Um they are doing number three, but it just lost its release date to Dune. Dune. Okay, something. Oh, I knew that. I read that in uh, in Reddit. Denny. I read v- it. Villain. Villain of that guy. Villain of. Yeah. What else has he done? Uh, He's uh, done important things. Blade Runner. A couple years ago. Okay, right. He did that one, which and was a big else. deal. Probably. Probably, but Dune is his big project. Yeah, and, and everyone it, is on it. Yeah, and it just. Uh, I think Chalamet's on it. Yes. And it just unseated. In the shell, shell me. <laughs> All right. I love you on coffee. Please have more I'm coffee. I'm always going to have coffee before uh, this now. Yeah. Puts me in a good mood. Yeah. It, it puts the podcast in a good mood. <laughs> Gets me ready. All those people on their treadmills right now, all those people walking to work, sitting on the they bus. They just fell off the treadmill. Yeah. They just, they're just. <laughs> Flew off the just, You're bringing them so much joy. All the joy you're bringing them. All the Jude. So. They unseated Fantastic Beasts, mm-hmm. which is now a movie without a date, and they think maybe it's going to take a, like a lot longer to get that movie out than they thought it would. Really? Which I think is maybe a saving grace for them. Take maybe. five years. How does Dune do that to a uh, a movie? Like, you know what? Let's just pull this off for Dune, now. Dune has like like I don't want to say like Tolkien level fan base. But no, I I know that. Yeah. I Sorry, I didn't mean to talk down about Dune, but I mean like. Okay, how how long do you think Dune's going to be successful for? Six weeks? Maybe just move Fantastic Beasts by six weeks. I think they know about fatigue and they know about hype. And they, they, they know that they made so much money on Fantastic Beasts 2. You're right. And that it didn't do that well. My, critically. my argument there was basically like my dad asking what I thought of the NBA All-Star Game halftime show, okay. which was J. Cole. Yeah. And my dad going, like... Why a rapper for the <laughs> halftime show? I'm like, Dad, are you aware of like the NBA and their key followers at all? And he goes, People older, like older guys like me, watch the NBA too. And I was like, Yeah, but do you know like what startling numbers of younger people do? <laughs> and he was like, I mean, it doesn't have to like. I'm not saying that it has to be like a white person or anything. That's not what I'm saying. Like, you could have like. Smokey Robinson or something. And I was like, Smokey Robinson for the NBA halftime show? Are you insane? <laughs> Compared to J. Cole? I, I, I like how your dad's go-to uh, black guy reference is Smokey Robinson. Like, uh, I was just laughing. Like, no, there's no way. You have no idea what the... the and, and to say that the NBA didn't look at all into like you know the the study of who they should potentially have but it's interesting you say that because it's kind of the same mentality of people who like bohemian rhapsody the same mentality of people who get all up in arms when they cancel daredevil Mm -hmm. it's people who who aren't being personally serviced the thing they want yeah you're right you brought it back and so they think that it's an atrocity right 
And I'm overstating it for the sake of your dad who just doesn't know who J. Cole is. And that's yeah. fine. But like, and doesn't like appreciate rap. There, there is an overall entitlement of, behind Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Finally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You're right. My dad was definitely in that that pile because those those that sea of testosterone that you think would be turned off by the gayness of bohemian rhapsody (laughs) thinks that every other well-made movie this year is way fruitier i promise (laughs) than bohemian rhapsody interesting yeah yeah i I totally agree but you articulating that was a was a great breakdown see i didn't have coffee that's the difference (laughs) if i had coffee i'd be off the top of your dome tripping over my words constantly (sighs) we're different beings Chris Hemsworth is going to star in a biopic okay, about Hulk Hogan, and he's going to play Hulk Hogan. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say he was going to be in an auto biopic, a la <laughs> Russell Brand or Howard Stern. That would be very bizarre. <laughs> Just the struggle of this incredibly handsome man <laughs> becoming a huge movie Being star. Being like, you know, I moved to LA, it took about a year. And me, then and, I was... me and my brothers who are also handsome. <laughs> yeah. And also all working. Yeah. Uh, about Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan. Did he have struggle? Oh, well, I mean, I'm sure he's got an interesting life. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I don't know it, but I'm sure there's like a documentary you could this watch. This is the though. most flattering thing that's ever happened in Hulk Hogan's life. Insane. Yeah. When is this coming out? I don't know. It just kind of got announced today. He does have, like, he was like the rock. Yeah, he was huge. Yeah. For many people like who are into that world, he's often their hero, I think. Yeah. And he played kind of both sides. I think he was hero and then turned to a heel when he was Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Oh, yes. There is like, a... All over was he ever place. a movie star? Yeah. That is so often the arc, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Become a movie star and then become a heel. There's Yeah, there's always the... And then like live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's right. And then you, be, you become the hero again. They yeah. completely orchestrate this whole narrative for how your career is going to be. Right. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Although The Rock, I don't think... I think he comes back when he wants to. Does he? He still fights? It, like very, very rarely. Because like, I he think might he's the highest paid actor like, in the world. Yeah. But I think he's kind of got like a, a deal with the uh, WWE too. Mm. So they might pay him like a few million dollars a year to do one thing. I don't you know, know, he's going to host the Academy Awards next year for sure. You think so? Yeah. Do you think he's also going to run for president? <sighs> there hasn't been any more talk of that. No. Bernie Sand- Sanders announced he was going to run. Yeah. And you know, I think people should settle down because he's not going to be the nominee. No. And here's the other thing I think. I think there's too much too much in, hotness in on the fighting. There's side. too much infighting, right? Yeah, like people are so ready to cancel the pre- the person who doesn't 100 percent align with their perfect ideals. Yeah, or the fact that there was sexual harassment in Bernie's 2016 campaign, not by him, right. but just like among some of his people, and he's kind of addressed that. I, I I don't like love everything about Bernie Sanders. I think he's a good man. I think he's problematic, and I think of course he's too old. But here's what I think above everything else. Of the 20 or 30 or however many people launch a presidential campaign for the Democratic nomination mm-hmm. in the 2020 election, whoever gets that election, mm-hmm. you have to vote for. Yeah. So ultimately, totally. we'll find out who gets it. Yeah. And then you have to deal with having to vote for that person. Yes. I mean, if you're in the States, you do. Yeah. So like, there's not really a big point in being like, this guy sucks. It's true. There there shouldn't be too much picky choosiness. Like you're... you're at the worst of, you're having the worst person you can possibly have in that position exactly. right now anything is is and, a and i think positive. bill maher said it recently he said that's the biggest difference between republicans and democrats is that republicans for better or worse are able to go all right he's our guy yeah we're behind him 100 percent. yeah yeah you're right <laughs> on that happy note do you want to talk about shows let's do it it's my turn is it your turn uh well let's let's look back into the archive all right can you find that uh well i can look at last week's what shows did we do last week's laney do you remember huh what shows did we cover last week in the podcast we did um we did hana and black monday which one did you recap i think i recapped hana yeah i think i chose it yeah you did (laughs) so i think that makes it my turn okay all right Okay, but I don't know which one I want to do. Oh, this is good. Because I watched Miracle Workers like almost a week ago. Look how few notes I have on it. Ah, uh, do you want me to do Miracle Workers? I'm but I feel like I that. understood the story better. Okay, I see. Um, 
Okay, I'm going to do Miracle Workers. Uh, what? I'm going to recap. <laughs> it seemed like you were so like, okay, I'm going to give you a break here. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to give you a break. Uh, I'm going to recap the first episode of Miracle Workers. Okay. I'll go and go. Uh, get ready. Wait, stopwatch. All right. In three, two, one. Heaven is run like a corporation. God is complacent and kind of over it and kind of losing faith, for a lack of a better phrase. Uh, he's decided that probably it's, uh, with all the struggle on Earth, it's probably best if he just wipes Earth out of existence and launch a restaurant instead. So meanwhile, in the mailroom where the prayers come in, we have uh, Craig, who's an angel who deals with very minor prayers. Uh, he and this new intern kind of launch a plot to get God to save Earth uh, in which they have to get two people to fall in love. Yes. So they kind of make a make a bet with with God, where they're like, "Look, if you save Earth, uh, all we have to do uh, what is it? Like, if we if we can get one of these big prayers it's to come impossible true, impossible prayers. So if we, yeah, if we can launch one of these impossible prayers and actually make it happen. Yeah, and show there's some hope for Earth. You have to save Earth. Daniel Radcliffe spends most of his time answering very uh, realistic prayers, yeah. like, "God, please help me find my keys," and he'll slowly like melt snowflakes off the keys till the person finds them and then he's really happy because they can do a little dance my favorite thing about that is that those people just stand there for hours while he melts yeah. ice yeah <laughs> and they're just standing there like looking there's a screen on them so he the department is like the answering prayers department and he is the only person who works he's there. the only person working he says you know i'm happy to be able to answer like you know i, I i'm pretty experienced now so i can answer like Two or three. Four, yeah, two or three. But with you, we can go four or five, maybe as many as five. <laughs> I thought he was very funny. Yeah. He's got this kind of insane beard because he's worked there for 10,000 years. He's got years. like an insane vibe in anything he's been in lately. He's super pale. He's got like red bags under his eyes. Yeah, I think he's like, I think that he, because sometimes we talk about how people were born with the pedigree, that they were born to be movie stars. Yeah. Like when you find out that... um Ariana Grande or what is Selena Gomez was on Barney or whatever. Right. Like some of these people were like bred to be stars. Yeah. I don't think he was, even though his parents were in entertainment. Like, I think it's a mistake that he's an A-list celebrity. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, he's so not natural, even though he's always done it. He seems lovely, uh -huh. but he's, he's done a lot of press and he is just a dork. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the interviews with him, but I thought he was really funny on this show. He's really funny. He's really funny. I, I just thought. heard a podcast with him where he was telling a funny story about doing one of his Broadway shows. I don't know if it was How to Succeed or if it was Equus, but he was doing his show, serious scene, and J.K. Rowling's in the crowd. She comes to see him in his play. Okay. And at this point, like, he deals with people mentioning Harry Potter to him every day. Right. And he always will. And he's like, I get it. Yeah. Um, but, like, sometimes, like, you're doing a scene on stage and people will, like, shout Harry from, <laughs> and, like, that sucks. And so he's doing his like important dramatic acting on stage and J.K. Rowling's in the audience and someone throws a plush Hedwig on stage <laughs> and he just has to keep doing his scene. <laughs> they just lob a stuffed oh, owl. God, that's funny. I thought that was kind of funny. He's very cool about the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. Well, I think you kind of have to be. I think. But yeah. I don't know if you have to be. I think when something makes you... You know, you get a break that not many other people get that you're supposed to be grateful for and you realize that other people are looking at you like, man, he's so lucky. Yep. You kind of need to say, you know what, compared to a lot of people, I am really lucky. It sucks he, that I have to deal with it. I heard him say the other day, very matter of factly, I am at peace with the fact that I've already done the most successful thing I'll ever do. That's good. What a wild thing to be at peace with. That is good. It's true. Yeah. Uh, and it must be very liberating to be at peace with that. But that must be tough to grapple with because he's still an artist. Yeah. And he does have the luxury, which he he takes such brilliant advantage of, mm -hmm. of being able to do whatever he wants. I feel like Elijah Wood is kind of taking the same path. Yeah, I think that's probably true. He does weird TV shows. and But Elijah Wood did three Tolkien movies. Radcliffe Potter did eight. Uh, eight, right. I was going to say six, but yeah. they stretched stretched it out more. Right. Yeah. He, um, well, he's working because he wants to work now. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved Steve Buscemi in this show. It was supposed to be Owen Wilson. Oh, really? Isn't that weird? Also good. But he would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Different, with, but also good. Like, you can picture him asking to bet Hondo. 
Oh, uh, the better hundo. I was laughing so hard at that. Me too. I. What do you want to bet? A hundo? <laughs> oh, like, a hundo? God wants to bet people and it's just for a hundo. He's so depressed and he just wears this robe and he looks like a mess. Yeah. He's also kind of evil. Like he's really has no empathy. No, no, he doesn't. I, I, sorry, I got to add in that when she wants to up the stakes, something more important. <laughs> he goes, what are you thinking? A thousand? <laughs> Does he say a thousand? He says a thousand. Oh, that is funny. It's so good. That is funny. Simon Rich is hilarious. So do you know a lot about Simon Rich and who he is? I knew. I looked into him a whole lot more before we did uh, Man man Seeking Woman. Oh, yeah. Did we do that on the podcast? I think we did. He did create that show. But like when, when, when Mulaney and Seth Meyers and those guys talk about the writers who were the best during their era of SNL, yeah. it's always Simon Rich and Merica Sawyer. Oh yeah, even John Mulaney said that too. Even John he? Mulaney, and yeah. he was he was obviously the head of that class. Himself. They were like the three people. It was like yeah. you went with John Simon or yeah. And I always forget who Simon is, and then I remember he's a guy who's done all of these, you know, humorous pieces. He's almost yeah. like the David Sedaris of the younger generation. He's only thirty four. I think he's more normal than David Sedaris. Yeah. I think he seems like a pretty regular guy, but this Looks is like he's 15. He created this show, mm-hmm. uh, which is called Miracle Workers. It's based on a novel he wrote. He wrote the book called What in God's Name. Okay. Both are good titles. Yeah. Which is a better title? Uh, Probably what? I don't know. I like, I like, what, what, in God, I like what in God's Name. Yeah. It's it more lyrical sounding, but I think Miracle Workers makes more sense for the premise. Yeah. Because it's literally being run like a, a corporation. Yeah. Yeah, so he's kind of an interesting character, the Simon Rich. I wonder if he's about to become a household name. Yeah, God Yeah, God is depressed. He's drinking regularly. He's rewinding videos of uh, of a race car driver saying, thank the Lord. Oh, yeah. And even his assistants are like kind of annoyed with like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended there. But. Uh, they're only going to do seven episodes of this. Love it. Over and done. Good. I don't think Daniel Radcliffe would sign on for something that was more than that. I don't know if Steve Buscemi would. I don't know. He did Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, you're right. But this seems like a little bit more of a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, not like a serious... Like, Boardwalk Empire was his Sopranos. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Douglas Adams vibe? Yes. Right? Hitchhiker's Guide? Yeah, although I haven't seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Well, don't see it. but Or, sorry, read it. Yeah. Um, I did see that other show that he did with Elijah Wood. Shoot, what was that called? That was good. Yeah. Dirk, Dirk's Gently. Yeah, Dirk Gently. Yeah. Holistic yeah. Agency. Detective Holistic agency. Detective Agency. Yeah. Right. That was Douglas Adams. That was pretty fun. Yeah, it was. It was It was kind of insane. It this, was weird. This show is almost, in a way, more down to earth. It's literally not on earth, but it's more down to earth than that. I was thinking, do you think that Simon Rich might have seen The Good Place and thought, you know what? This is kind of my my wheelhouse i wondered about that too i like what is this new existential wing we're walking into in comedy i feel like there's another one too where we just lay out it's like it's the afterlife again well maybe it'll be good omens maybe is that kind of i don't know i don't really know much about good omens. me neither no but i liked this show i liked it too i only watched the first one i'm gonna watch the second one i think it's out (laughs) i also liked how when they finally answer the glove prayer (laughs) <laughs> the guy puts on both gloves and charges his rifle and says, let's oh. kill. <laughs> and and they're like, oh, God. Oh, no. It's weirdly very PG, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of dark, but, like, I think it's a show on TBS or something. Yeah, it and is. it's kind of a sweet show. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> and then the, the newscast afterwards, the news anchor <laughs> says... And there were no fingerprints to be found. It seems like the killer was wearing, wearing gloves. gloves. <laughs> like something you was, would no, never mention. Was wearing two gloves. Two gloves, not just one. <laughs> and I, I love the idea that the killer prayed to yeah. find his other gloves so, so he, he could, could go, go commit these crazy so murders. So he could go kill. <laughs> Let's kill. I definitely give it my ass. Yes, 100%. It was a blast. Yeah. Okay, that's all I have to say on it, though. I felt like we said quite a bit. I think we did too. Yeah, definitely go watch Miracle Workers. It's good. Yeah. This leaves you with the perhaps perhaps difficult task of recapping the first episode of Netflix is the Umbrella Academy, which came out last week. Are you ready? Um, you don't have to use anybody's kind names. Kind of. Okay. Yeah, I'll 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 give the broad strokes. Yeah. Because okay. there's a lot going on in here. Yeah. The Umbrella Academy recap in three, two, one. 
Go. So on October 1st, 1989, seven kids were, or 15 kids were born, seven of them adopted. Uh, none of them were actually conceived. They were just randomly uh, born. Born. Um, this man, this eccentric billionaire adopts seven of them and kind of turns them into superheroes. They all have a fucked up childhood. The seventh, Ellen Page, does not actually have any superpowers to her knowledge. Uh, he tells her that she's not special enough. The other kids feel fucked up by the dad because he kind of exploited them. That's she's obviously going to have superpowers. She's going to have A la Jack-Jack, right? What's in, Jack-Jack? In The Incredibles. Like, of course, oh, we're going right. to find out in the 11th hour that she does have yeah, superpowers. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I could see that for sure. How do you think Gerard Way did on his uh, inaugural show or the who, book? Who? Gerard Way. Who? Oh, Gerard Way from yeah. My Chemical Romance. Yeah. He, that is his show. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, mm-hmm. I, I didn't hate it. Like, I, I can see how it's all right. Yeah. Um, but it's so rife with cliches. Like, first of all, the Umbrella Academy itself is Professor Xavier's it's, it's School for Gifted School Children. School for Gifted Mutants. Or it's like, it's it, the, that in itself is the main premise. And the brother who's like a junkie and he's just so clever. Yeah. It's just a million different characters. Yeah. I My favorite character is easily... The sibling who stays in a kid's body yeah and yeah he, he can, was like, interesting he can go through like wormholes yep he's incredibly violent like, he is incredibly violent. And, and in fact when they when they are performing their ho- heroic acts like the armed robbery or whatever they really enact a lot of violence on people who are like robbing banks yeah like they'll murder them right as if that's virtuous yeah and so i don't know about the violence that kind of didn't really check out for me it felt a little bit like daredevil light like, yeah. it's not as funny or as charming as Daredevil, yeah. but it's like, look, superheroes and blood. But do you think that's also why the kids felt so um, messed up by the father? Because I he guess. was, like, kind of behind them murdering people for yeah. robbing banks and then trying to exploit them and and become famous himself. Like right. They, they were all, like, on the cover of Time magazine or whatever. This is another thing that's kind of a cliche, is that we pick up with our characters as already past their prime superheroes. Yeah, a little bit. That was a Watchmen thing. It's been done, I think, in Kick-Ass. It's done in friggin' Incredibles. Well, they're past their prime, but they're all successful in something else, except for the drug addict. One of them's a movie star. Yeah, one of them's a movie star. One of them's a jacked astronaut. We didn't get the story behind. He's so jacked, it's hard to take him seriously. Well, that's the thing. It's it's comedic. Hmm. How huge he is. I mean, obviously, it's a take on, like, the art design of the comic book, whatever that looks like. Yeah. But he looks insane. Yeah. He's like Bane. <clears throat> no, he looks more ridiculous than Bane. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like, uh, he looks like, um, uh, what's his name in Into the Spider-Verse? Kingpin. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's so outrageous. You're right. He does uh, look like Kingpin. The, the junkie brother... He can see Ben, who's the dead brother. Yeah. His, so that's his superhero, who's he can see dead people. His gift is he can talk to dead people. We don't know what Ben's gift was. It was like he turned into a dragon octopus. Yeah, they didn't show us exactly. closed doors and just kills people. But if Junkie Brother can see dead people, can he see their dad? Well, that's the idea. Remember, they sat him down in front of the urn, but right. he was not sober at the time. He was not really going for it because he's such a, such a, he's always cracking wise. Yeah. He's a smart aleck. That's right. But he, yeah, maybe he didn't really want to talk to him. What did What did you think of the dance scene? <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. I liked it too. It's actually my only part that I genuinely liked. Really? And I really liked the wide shot where yeah. they show the whole house. The whole house. That uh, was very um, uh, Wes Anderson-y. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It's dark and dingy. It has a little bit of style. Here's my problem. Ellen Page is in this show and everywhere else... <laughs> So fucking joyless. All, yes. And that's the best word to describe her. You're right. Have, has she ever laughed in her life? Ellen yeah, Page. She, she's always been kind of like a monotone, straight face. I know. And like, I'm also a little bit conflicted because she's been in the news a lot about being outspoken. Mm-hmm. Did you see the thing with her Uncle Bear? Yeah. It was a rough watch, man. Everything yeah. she says is true. Yep. And then like. She goes hard. She went hard after uh, Chris Pratt. Which is like... Oh, what? I, I did not hear this. Chris Pratt is... Like, of all the A-list movie stars, I think it's probably... Chris Pratt is probably the most likely to have been a Trump voter. Like, oh, okay. Like we don't sure. talk enough about how Chris Pratt is probably... Like, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a good old boy. Yeah. He's like, you know, I, I hunt and I try to show my kids. He's not Andy Bernard. No. 
Um, and so I think maybe we, we got Wait, a little bit a- too. Andy Bernard was not his character's name. You know that, right? No, you're right. Andy, Andy Dwyer. Andy Dwyer. Yeah. Right. Uh, he, uh, yeah, we probably got a little bit too on board with Chris Pratt a few years ago. He's not that great, but, <laughs> but her problem is that his church is very anti LGBTQ. Okay. Which, you know, that's, that's. It's okay to be against that. Mm-hmm. Like that, of course, I'm against that too. But she just out of nowhere like starts picking a fight with Chris Pratt, oh, who's wow. not really like, he's not, I, I mean, maybe he's openly a member of that church community, but it's not like, her angle was kind of, uh, kids go to Guardians of the Galaxy and because you're in it, that's making them want to kill themselves. And oh, like, I yeah, think- that's a bit I, of a leap. I think that's a big leap. Yeah. And- And he's certainly not actively- He's not preachy, really. Or, or, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't think he's ever preached intolerance. I don't think so. I, I, I don't know. I can't speak to it entirely. But like mm-hmm. between the Colbert appearance and then the Chris Pratt thing, and then she went on Ellen, and Ellen is Ellen is more of a fame junkie than I've ever noticed. Yeah. Like she's gotten terrible for it. Ellen Page went on Ellen DeGeneres, and Ellen. DeGeneres was like praising her because she loves anything that's like woke and makes her seem like she's relevant. And she's like, and I texted you and I saw you on Colbert and I thought you were great. And then Ellen DeGeneres had Chris Pratt on the next day. Like oh, you're, really? you're just rubbing elbows with, yeah. with all these conflicting people. Did and Chris so, Pratt ever respond? Yeah, he did. What did he say? I didn't read the response because oh, okay. I think I get it. I think yeah. he was probably just like, you know what? Like I don't hey, I, respect that. But yeah. like, I, you know, I hope that's not what's happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so one of two things is happening with Ellen Page, and it's a cynical view, but she's either uh, exploiting these causes to drum up attention for her show, Mm -hmm. or she has a show, and so she's using her platform Mm -hmm. to talk about her causes. It's probably the latter, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of stinky to me. It feels a little ugly. I say that she wouldn't have otherwise had these interviews if she didn't have the show. Right. So I think it was just kind of if you catch an interview with Ellen Page right now, she's going to she's making a lot of things her project. Yeah, and that's that's good. That's, like, don't get me wrong, I agree with a lot of certainly everything she said on Stephen Colbert is 100%. true. 100%. I'm just saying like it's one of those things, you know, the famous it's no fun to be her. Man, yeah. She's like really taken a lot of like between the environment and politics and well, she's really that, gunning for Picto too. Like she yeah. she talks about Picto a lot. Yep. And she's right. Again, like I I I agree and I don't want to criticize her for having And she's, and she's pretty well spoken on what she's definitely. talking about. Like yep. she uh I, I think anyway. But also like when was the last time she was in Nova Scotia? Yeah, I don't know. She's not like one you'd see around here very often. Right. Uh it's almost like Leo with the seal hunt kind of thing, like yeah. People were like, dude, you don't know what happens up here. Right. Like you're chiming in from afar. So my biggest problem with her is that she just doesn't seem like very much fun. And I know there's a cliche and there's maybe even like. Are you saying she should smile more? And that's what I'm worried I sound like. <laughs> I don't want to sound like that. But like she's just, she is at the end of the day, a TV star. Who, by the way, has done mm-hmm. a lot of like the, that this show feels a little bit X-Men-y is the most problematic for her. She was in two X-Men movies. That's fair. Um, sweet dance moves, though. Sweet dance moves. Also, sweet violin playing, which I'm sure wasn't her. Yeah. But Nova Scotian as she is, she probably couldn't wait to break it into, like, heave away or... <laughs> <laughs> Play Eyes the Bye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's in her soul. Uh, that's what we were yelling at the screen. I take it back. She's the greatest. Yeah, I'm obviously super pumped about Ellen Page. Pro Ellen Page. She hasn't been around a lot, though. Like, she was... In her, in her height, she was... Uh, an Academy Award nominated actress. Yeah. And then it was 10 years ago. It was Juno. Juno. And then she was in Inception. Let's not forget. She was in Inception. Yeah. I wonder what that was like for her. I don't know. That was a big deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah. So what else do I have here? Why is the school called the Umbrella Academy? What's the deal with umbrellas? I don't know. It's almost like everything falls under an umbrella. (laughs) Um... (laughs) You know, it's like that's a good take. It's under this umbrella for some reason. You kids are being sheltered by umbrellas. Right, right. <laughs> really trying to put something together on that. Any other thoughts? <laughs> Never trust Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Do you 
you give it your S? Uh, I do. I, I want to. I want to delve more into it. Okay. I, I also Cameron Britton's going to be in it. Do you know that? Who's that? So we haven't met the two main villains, right? Which are Cameron Britton and Mary J. Mary Blige. J. Blige, yeah. Cameron Britton uh, was the dude from Mindhunter, who played the massive uh, serial oh, killer. Oh yeah, with the glasses. He yeah. was good. He was good. So I think we're not by virtue of the show show where we only watch one episode. We're we don't have quite enough of the full picture yet. Like, yeah, we don't have the full scope. There was a lot of soul searching in the first episode. I guess that's kind of true. It needs to lighten up a little bit, though. Yeah, we need more dance scenes. More dance scenes for sure. More and wide like, shots. It's, it's almost like they realized that and said, "We just need a a hilarious dance scene." Also, I, I get a little bit tired when there's clearly a lot of mystery, a lot a lot we don't know, yeah. and they take forever to tell us. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, the opposite being Suicide Squad, where they tell us everything up front. Every then, goddamn thing. And then you're going for it for the next 45 minutes. Speaking of Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy, did you know James Gunn is making that movie now? No. Like, this is how he's rallying from the crazy Disney debacle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you did tell me that. He's making Suicide Squad, and they're rebooting it. I think it's like a soft reboot mm-hmm. with like a, not a lot of the same characters. And it wasn't clear whether or not Margot Robbie was going to be in it. I think now it's on the table that she is going to be in it. Okay. And she's in the Harley Quinn movie. Is well, that that's, happening? that's the thing is they need to pay. They need to back up a Brinks truck and get her in this movie right. to qualify the movie. Right. Meanwhile, she's doing some pretty serious acting. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. Although that Mary Queen of Scots movie kind of tanked. It was Oscar bait and it just kind of flopped. Yeah, you're right. And she's not in the favorite. No, but that's probably why it tanked. There was only right. room for one. Right. Yeah, they seemed similar, didn't they? I, I bet they're not, though. No, they're probably not. Yeah. But it just seemed like, huh, two female actress leads queens. taking place. Yeah, as yeah. queens. British costume the... period dramas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, the favorite's kind of touted as a comedy, which is stupid. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's really stupid. They, uh, you know, uh, Will Smith's... Um, ridiculous blue genie controversy because yes. it just looks so awful so somebody deep faked robin williams onto that trailer <sighs> and even that's bad <laughs> really it doesn't save it yeah it's not good it's just just ruins two movies yeah, it kind of does uh. it ruins everything about robin williams <laughs> i can't look at him the same again oh god <laughs> it's always gonna stick with you now that's right i feel I, I feel hatred towards the person that did this now yeah i guess we gotta blame will smith I think he's to blame. He's the one to blame. You ruined Robin Williams. Yeah. I trusted him up until this point. Yeah, I've trusted him for 112 episodes of this podcast, but not now. Never trust Will Smith anymore. Yeah.